0: Hello and welcome to Best Film Friends BFF. Right here next to me is my BFF, Olivia. Olivia, how are you?
1: That felt a little aborted right at the end, but I'm doing fine. It's it's an experiment today, sharing a microphone. We'll get through it. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes, we're also at Art Library. Because why? Why are we here?
1: Because there's construction going on at my house. Don't at me. And don't hog the microphone either, because I have things to say.
0: I'll be like that BoJack episode where the camera doesn't leave him in the funeral <laughs> for 24 <laughs> minutes.
1: We are going to be talking BoJack today, focusing on the new season six, but I'm sure we'll... At five, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said six. That's in my head for some reason, but anyway, season five, newest to BoJack. You should watch it. I know a lot of people don't, but anyway,
0: we're also gonna do uh, top three news. Uh, maybe we'll do reaction round, maybe because we don't have enough news. And then we're actually gonna do a new segment called "Guess That Weird Movie." So Olivia's gonna try and guess that weird movie that I have for her—strange uh, or obscure or whatever. Um, let's start. Let's start with the top three news. Are you ready?
1: Yes. <laughs> Remember when I said, don't hog the microphone? Okay, you can have it now.
0: (laughs) I won't hog it. Um, Okay, so first one is a teaser for Space Jam came out. And uh, guess who's producing it? Ryan Coogler from Black Panther.
1: I did. I was aware of that, but um, I didn't see the teaser for it yet. So that's cool. I do like that movie.
0: uh well the teaser is basically just a poster and it's a ryan coogler like on the locker rooms and it says producer lebron james uh, a star or something bugs bunny another star yeah
1: well i mean i'm not a basketball person but i do like the original space jam a lot (laughs) it's a classic it'll be fun
0: yeah it is a classic i used to watch it in spanish and uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Looney Tunes in Spanish, but super funny. Uh, so, yeah.
1: This... I mean, I've seen Looney Tunes in English, so <laughs> I don't know how much is lost in the translation, but.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just, we grew up in different places. you know. Do you ever see Baby Tunes?
1: A little bit. Mostly I saw classic Looney Tunes.
0: Well, everybody, there's an interesting bit. Everybody has a baby counterpart of themselves, right? But Bugs Bunny has a female and a male version of them. So, is there meaning there?
1: Bugs Bunny transcends gender. We've always known this. How many times has he done drag?
0: (laughs) I think, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I read an article that just analyzed the whole thing way back way back but i thought it was interesting um there's a new blockbuster in london and it's only open for two days the store yeah a new blockbuster video store in london it's only open for two days and um it only sells deadpool well it doesn't sell deadpool it gives away deadpool too um if you have your old membership card you can go all the way to the front of the line and get your uh bhs copy of deadpool 2 or bhs cover of deadpool 2 i'm not sure and then if you don't have a your own membership because why would you <laughs> uh, you can show the cashier your superpowers and try and impress her and if you impress her uh you get a free copy kind of like how in the movie remember
1: I do remember, but this seems too gimmicky even for Deadpool. How is this beneficial to them financially in any sense? Wild.
0: (laughs) I have no idea how. Um, Promotion, maybe, but they did a red ribbon cut and... It looks uh, like the 89 Blockbuster video. And it it doesn't just say Blockbuster. It actually says Blockbuster Home Video Store. Something like that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. It's only open for two days and then it's going to close down.
1: <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying is it seems completely unnecessary. Like, it, I think it would be really cool if they... Did The whole Deadpool giveaway for two days But then maybe they kept it open As a rental store That would be such a good business move Especially if they had a stake In the video store Because I don't know I feel like even with Netflix And streaming services There's still people who would go out And rent just to Be a hipster about it You know
0: Yeah I know there's uh there's two in Alaska, and they're both closing down uh so there's only gonna be one in the u s which I think is the original one, but yeah, I don't know, I thought it was kind of cool, like you said, it's kind of gimmicky. it was very gimmicky actually, but I don't know it's just Deadpool does a lot of weird things with their marketing, and this is just another one of them they had a they had a billboard with a poo emoji and a Skull emoji, and yeah, so.
1: It was the skull and then the poo. Yeah, Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah, and then an L. Yeah, I mean, I just, where's the money coming from? Who's financing this? Is it Ryan himself? (laughs) I, Anyway. I don't understand it.
0: Moving on. Uh... Overall, Star Wars production is slowing down. So, so basically, Disney is like, you know what? Uh, We did too much too fast.
1: No shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, this is just overall and not just episode 9, correct?
0: Yeah. So, after episode 9, which is already scheduled, um, they would basically stop giving a Star Wars movie once a year because, like they said, it's too much, too fast, so they're planning to slow down.
1: Someone with a brain finally started working at Disney. Wow. Genius. Okay, literally at this point, all I care about is episode nine being released by J.J. J. Abrams himself. I'm going to be there in the theaters, happy to be there, but also ready for it to be over, for this torture to end. Lucasfilm, what have you become?
0: Lucasfilm reminds me of Darth Vader. (laughs) That's what it reminds me of. (laughs) They were the chosen ones. Where's
1: the redemption arc? Nowhere to be seen.
0: Uh so anyways, those were the top three news. And I do have about two of reaction rounds. So you ready? Sure. Okay. Um well it's about the Oscars. So Oscars, the Mexico selects Alfonso Cuarón's drama, foreign language. Selects it for their foreign language category. So
1: every review I've seen of this movie has given it five stars. And It'll probably win I mean Every Guadon movie is Incredible So (laughs) Why would this one be any different?
0: Which one is the best one?
1: Personally I don't care for gravity so much But It's fine It's not my favorite, definitely It's fine
0: Well you know which one is the best one It starts with H and then last name Potter <laughs> which one is it Olivia
1: the only Harry Potter movie that matters <laughs> the the best Harry Potter movie Prisoner of Azkaban episode 3 <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so yeah Alfonso Cuarón entering the Oscars with uh, Roma and then the first official look of Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker um has been unveiled uh, um, or presented to the world
1: i have to laugh i haven't seen it. okay i'm seeing it right now and it's joaquin phoenix he's not in a costume it's just joaquin he's acting through the lens he's projecting his joker aura but he looks like a hobbit honestly <laughs>
0: Okay, so uh, Joaquin Phoenix is the Joker, but also in the cast of the Joker is uh, Todd Phillips from The Hangover directing.
1: (laughs) I have to laugh. Um,
0: Todd Phillips from Old School and Hangover, and then uh, apparently Robert De Niro is also in this movie for some reason.
1: I truly do not understand where this movie is coming from or where it's going. I don't understand anything about it. We'll see.
0: But it doesn't stop there, Olivia. And I have one piece of the crew that you're really going to love, okay? The award-winning custom designer, I want to say this right, Mark Bridges from Phantom uh, Thread is going to be the custom designer here.
1: Sorry, I'm dabbing my eyes where I'm tearing up a little bit because he is an Oscar winning designer and he also gave the shortest speech at the Oscars last year and won a jet ski for it. So congrats to him for all his success.
0: And then last but not least, uh, Netflix is going to do a live adaptation of Avatar The Last Airbender.
1: Yes, I did see this. Now, I think we've discussed it before. I have not seen the original Avatar, The Last Airbender. I was not allowed to watch Cartoon Network when that was on TV. Okay, Nickelodeon. Same difference. I was not allowed to watch either of those channels. But it's very popular, and I don't know where I can find it or stream it, but I will watch it. And I especially liked in the press release how the creators were like, well, we want to do something culturally respectful. (laughs) Unlike other adaptations that have been done. (laughs) And I just thought that was quite spicy of them to say. And I respect that a lot.
0: So I'm really excited about this, especially because, um, well, first I saw the news and it said they're making a light adaptation. I was like, no, please don't. But then I saw that the uh, creators of the show, yeah, the original creators were actually gonna be um, the ones um, show running this and directing this. So super excited about that. And then they did say the, um, we're not gonna whitewash it. I think I heard, Uh, so yeah. This were the reaction round. Are you ready for the weird, obscure movie?
1: I guess as ready as I'll ever be. I don't... We'll see.
0: Okay, so basically... Okay. You can't see this. Okay, I'm using my phone. This movie came out in 2009. IMDb has it as an indie film slash romance. Okay. Is Jason Bateman... Ben Affleck, Mila Kunis, Jeffrey Tambor, and Kristen Wiig. Not Jeffrey Tambor, sorry. J.K. Simmons.
1: Is it extract?
0: (laughs) Yes, it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Here's how I know this. Recently... Um, I believe it was season two of Ozark that dropped, and so Jason Bateman's been doing a lot of press. So he's done actually two videos on YouTube, I think one with GQ, maybe both, where he did a timeline of all his work. And he talked about Extract for like 30 seconds, and I was like, oh, I've always seen that on Netflix, but I've never watched it. Thank you, GQ, and also Jason Bateman, for giving me the correct answer to this first Oh, I feel so good.
0: Uh, I have seen the movie. (laughs) My girlfriend one day was like, hey, look, it's Mila Kunis and Jason Bateman. I was like, you lying. You're lying. There's no movie with Mila Kunis and Jason Bateman. And then... I started thinking like, you know what, maybe there is. And then she was like, oh, and that girl from SNL, that you like? I was like, and I saw it, it was Kristen Wiig. And I was like, wait, Kristen Wiig is in this? And then we were watching the movie and I don't know where Ben Affleck is a bartender with long hair and he's like a hippie smoker. Like, I don't know. It was a weird movie. It was a cool, fun movie, but it was a strange movie too.
1: Are you impressed that I guessed it?
0: Yes, my my first one. Do you want to Do you want to know what my first one is? I you were gonna guess it right away. Yeah. It's a '90s movies and it's uh about toys, and it's like literally the story is like about toys having a war.
1: Um, what? Oh my gosh, I was about to say Super Troopers. <laughs>
0: No, it is not Super Troopers. <laughs> um, um, is it Red vs. Blue or uh, I don't know. Well, Red versus Blue, I think it's a it's a web series from Halo. But basically it's a live action movie. They use toys. One one of the bad guys is like a military guy, one of the good ones is like a like a weird like lion with like human or lion. Like, I don't know. It's a weird movie. It's a classic from my childhood, but it's a strange movie. <laughs> yeah. Go
1: for it. I'm not going to get the title.
0: Yeah. I actually don't remember the title. <laughs> 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 Anyways, Moving back to up. you. <laughs> um, BoJack season five dropped a week ago. We saw it. Spoilers. Spoilers. Oh, yeah. Big spoilers for the whole series. Um, Olivia has her detective notebook right here. She has a pen. Uh, she does have a highlighter. She just doesn't know. Oh.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Uh, so anyways, Olivia, do you want to take it away and look at your notes while I talk? Or do you just want to take it away right now?
1: Well, I guess it depends on how you want to talk about it. We can go episode by episode, which is kind of a lot. I mean, there's 12 episodes. We can talk about our favorite moments, best jokes, favorite character arcs. Um I don't know. It's up to you. I have I can say something about pretty much every episode, so.
0: To be honest, when I saw BoJack uh, season five. I was like, why aren't we a BoJack podcast? Like, just pure BoJack. So you want to do episode by episode, and then overall at the end, that's fine with me.
1: Okay, well, if we're going to go episode by episode, let me pull up a little episode description of each one. Um, Personally, for me, the way they opened the season... I automatically knew I was going to love it because they started it with one of my favorite songs, Los Ageless by St. Vincent. Oh, my God. Maybe the perfect encapsulation of the show, substance abuse, the frivolity of, like, your image in Hollywood. It was amazing. So meta.
0: Um... It was the opening scene where he's, like, um... Large parties are so lonely, right? That's yes. the one. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, take it away.
1: Yeah, so it opens with him, and he's wearing this like detective costume. So, we're like watching it, and it seems sort of—it's actually very similar to the first episode of the show where there's a party, and he's all out of sorts because he. Is just like so many of us and doesn't know what to do at parties. Um but we quickly realized that this is actually a movie set or a TV set and they're filming his new show, Philbert. So it's I mean, it's the introductory episode, obviously. For, what For the uh online service, what time is it? Na- what is it? What time is it right now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> This show, so wild Um, so what's happening In the first episode We're introduced to His, uh, new Co-star Gina, played by Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nine She's so funny, I love her Um, we also meet the showrunner Flip McVicker Played by Rami Malek In perhaps his most daring role yet Uber misogynist (laughs) Um, (laughs) Wow. But it was really interesting. They do the whole, like, um, Gina, Stephanie Beatrice is uh, talking to Bojack about how she's uncomfortable with doing nude scenes and just her character in general being a cliche. And so Bojack regurgitates her words, basically, and her nude scene turns into a nude scene for Bojack. I think a lot of this season we get to see the script flipped on women, especially in Hollywood, sort of being marginalized and then BoJack being put in their position of defending themselves or just understanding what that situation is. And I thought it was a very smartly written season, but go ahead.
0: Um, just like you said, she's uncomfortable and uh, she, like, they're having a relationship. It's, at this point, it grows into something larger throughout the season, but at this point, it's mostly, like, sexual. It's entirely sexual, actually. <laughs> um, but she does confess that she's kind of, like, uncomfortable with the scene, but... This is Hollywood, and that's just the way it is. And if she doesn't go along with the scene, maybe she'll get replaced. Or, um, I don't know. She has, she has like, like real fears. I don't remember exactly what she said.
1: Well, I think she, her character is super, super interesting and very real. Um, in this instance, she's talking about how if she goes against what the show wants her to do, what the showrunner wants her to do, then she can get kicked off the tv show she can get blacklisted and people say oh she's like too much work she's too much of a diva she doesn't want to do a nude scene don't give her any more jobs and she talks about how she's been on what like two shows a year but none of them ever get picked up so she shows up she does her work gets paid and her only goal is to hopefully at like what like 40 or 60 she says some age that's old in Hollywood she says my only hope is that I'll get recognized at this point and then I can play Benjamin Bratt's mom and this is her aspiration and it's it's sort of played for a joke but it's sadly realistic because I think actually we only get one little snippet of character actress Margot Martindale in this season but I feel like we know her character in the show as she's always pushing against being recognized as only a character actress and, Oh, I saw you in that one episode, but here we're seeing the origin of that. And Gina is dealing with that in her normal day, everyday life. So I, I don't know that might've been scatterbrained, but this show is so smart. I love it. I love it
0: just like just like you said the the real fear is because um that has always happened whether it doesn't have to do with a new scene but if you're difficult around a uh, set especially a tv show uh, you get killed off and it happens a lot in the um, soap op- operas you know if you're difficult one day they literally like put you in a coma or Yeah, I don't know. Um, So she has, like, real fears, and she tells Bojack, and Bojack goes to the showrunner. And the showrunner's like, no, we're doing this in this way. Um, Then Bojack is like, this is gratuitous. Then he says, yeah, but it's gratuitous for the sake of making a point that it's not gratuitous or something like that. Something very weird. And basically the showrunner gets an idea. You know what? It's better if you n- do the nude scene. And then Bojack is into this position where he's like, I don't want to do a nude scene. That's uncomfortable. And he's putting like in the women's position for the first time. Um. Then they do want to say what happens
1: at the end. Well, he doesn't. And then he just walks around set naked. <laughs> he he says, if this were any other work environment, this would be sexual harassment, but it's Hollywood. And he's just you know, I, he finds like happiness with his body for like thirty seconds, which <laughs> if you've watched the show, he does not have. But um, we are also spending a lot of time on what episode. <laughs> I will say this: I'll connect back Gina's story to a later. Are, are you cool if I spoil the big like episode eleven? Okay, so if you've watched the show. Episode 11 of 12, every season, is always the darkest, like, most raw episode. And in this... So we've seen Bojack, like, spiral through drugs pretty much every season. I think last season, season four, it was focused on his mom. We didn't see him that much, only in her flashbacks. This season, obviously he's spiraling through drugs again, but he ends up blurring the lines between reality and like what the TV show is, which we can talk about a little bit more later. But as he's not really knowing what's happening in his life, he's they're filming a scene and it's intercut with him talking with Gina and she's kind of confronting him about his drug abuse. And so he ends up strangling her and they're filming and he is thinking it's real. And he's just annoyed with her. And so he's like actually strangling her. And they keep rolling, which is fucked up in itself. Um, but Gina survives. Everything sort of winds up okay, but they go on a talk show And they're trying to, like, quell the fears about this getting out as, you know, some assault, which it absolutely is. But Gina makes the point of, I don't want you to tell the truth about this because I don't want this to define me. I don't want to be the girl that BoJack strangled. I want to be known for my acting. I want to make my own place. And I think that was such a powerful um, corollary to the Me Too movement, because that totally influenced this season of TV. And there's a couple ways that they did it, but this story especially. It doesn't even have to be sexual harassment. It's any kind of harassment, any kind of assault. And what they did with that little story in particular was really powerful for me to see. And I think it perfectly encapsulates the whole movement. Why women don't speak out against abusers and why they stay quiet is all to do with power and all to do with how you're perceived by the media. And I think they did a very, very good job of portraying that.
0: Yeah, even bigger spoilers. Um, (laughs) Bojack feels super bad about that. Even
1: bigger? (laughs) Way to focus on the man, on the abuser. Wow.
0: Wait, I'm going to bring it back. Hold on. Uh, so basically, f- he feels super bad about what happened, and he goes to Diane, and he's like, you need to write one of your takedowns for me, about me. And I also thought it was really interesting that out of, like, everybody, everybody and, like, all people, Diane would say, like, it's not going to change anything. Um, I don't want to write about you. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure why she wouldn't do it. I guess she was being a good friend because after that, she drove him to rehab. But yeah, it just... Th- throughout this whole season, Gina was like the viewpoint. Gina and Diane, but mostly Gina, was the viewpoint of the, I think, what the Me Too movement. And um like the the reasons... And the fear of not speaking out, like you said. And it was it was especially apparent in episode eleven, but throughout the whole season we saw like snippets and snippets and snippets. And uh just like she said, like y everything's going well with the show because it got picked up for season two and it was uh getting emmy bus. Um and she was uh, for the first time being recognized people were interviewing her she she was becoming like a like a star you know so it's so interesting that she it's put on this like situation that she's so she's so successful that she doesn't wanna ruin it by the media perception of her just saying yeah it's is the girl Jack strangled mm-hmm. um but, yeah, this, this whole season was awesome, man. I
1: actually wanted to respond to that. Um, Diane actually says why she doesn't want to do a takedown because what Bojack is asking is that he feels so guilty that he needs to be held accountable. And she says this to her boss at Girl Crush <laughs> and also to Bojack that it doesn't matter if she writes a takedown because he's not going to be held accountable. Even if he doesn't show up in a TV show for a year, two years, five years, he'll be forgiven at some point because that's how Hollywood works. Hollywood doesn't hold people accountable and our society does not to a large extent. Her point is that he needs to hold himself accountable because he sees the world in good and bad when that's a false dichotomy that doesn't exist in real life everyone exists on a scale of doing good things and bad things and you just have to try and do more good than bad and i think that's a really important thing to say because we do look at the world like that with good people and bad people when everyone exists on that scale and i think we can see it really well with the way that someone like louis ck has returned to stand up because he thinks his weight is over he can be Allowed to do that again when is that the right thing to do? I don't know. Has he served his time? Has he experienced the same thing that these women did? No. But that's the point that Diane's trying to make is regardless of what you've done, Hollywood forgives you basically. And that was the whole storyline with whatever his name was, played by Bobby Cavanagh, who actually. I think he was the one who played the predator on Master of None when Aziz tried to make that whole yeah. <laughs> Me Too movement and then stepped in his own mouth. Um, yeah, but I just thought it was so interesting that Bobby Kavanagh did both of them. I was like, okay, I hope it's for the right reason.
0: <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Lucy I won't get into it because that's a different topic. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah. I like that moment. I would have liked. It would have been more it made more sense in my mind if he if if he would have if she would have written a takedown and he would have held been held accountable even for a year or two. But I guess she was like, you know, what's the point?
1: Well that's what that's the point she's trying to make, is if they stuck to like our reality in the real world, not TV that is what would have happened. There would have been a takedown and Bojack would have gone away and he actually probably would have gone to rehab. And then he would come back and say, Oh, I'm reformed and been in movies again. But here, I think they will get picked up for another season. I hope so. Um, Instead, he goes to rehab willingly. And if he, I think that he will actually tell the truth. In the future, I think he'll come out and say, I assaulted her because it's weighing so heavily on him. Even though she doesn't want him to say that, I think that he can do it in his own time and try and make things right. Because that was something else I noticed in the season. He has a lot better intentions. Yeah. Previously, he's just been a freaking asshole to every character. This season, he try, he's actually, like, we see his character development into a slightly better person, <laughs> and he wants to do right by Gina. He wants to do right by Diane, and I noticed that in the episode that focuses on Diane, the second episode, we see it through her perspective, and so there's a point where she's going to go to this housewarming party for her now ex-husband, <laughs> And um, Bo Jack shows up because she invites him to go with her. And he brings her flowers. And he's just trying to be a nice guy because through the whole show, he's basically had a crush on her the whole time. And she is embroiled in her own shit, dealing with a divorce and this guy who's her best friend, but also majorly depressed and addicted to drugs and alcohol. And so she responds to him the way she always has and even a little bit meaner because she's lashing out against her own issues. And he's shot down, basically. He's like, okay, well, that was meaner than you had to be. When he just brought her flowers to go to this party, I was like, wow, (laughs) misconnections. Wow. But
0: he's also like a really good friend because at that scene, um I just well okay, I said that wrong. There's <laughs> such well he's a he's a good friend, but they're such good friends and they have such an understanding that at that moment he was like, That was a little meaner than you should have you should have been. And she was like, hey, I'm going through a divorce, and he's like, Okay, you get two more mean yeah. divorce <laughs> And then she's like, Okay, and then I just move on, you know? Um But yeah, I think I think another issue was that she was, like, depressed and she was, like, coming on to him. But...
1: That was a little bit later.
0: Yeah. episode. hmm In the house, right? When they get yeah. drunk. Yeah. 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 So, and he very respectfully, like, he wants to, but he's he doesn't want to ruin, mm-hmm. like, the relationship that they have. And old Bojack would have <laughs> gone for it yeah. in an instant, but he now sees the value of the friendships or or of the people that he has around him. Mm-hmm. And he's still an asshole, but like at least he now sees the value and at critical moments like this he stops himself. So yeah.
1: Also like we probably sound like apologists. <laughs> um this is not to excuse anything that character has ever done, but I think I really enjoy the show because it's so well written. That these characters feel extremely real, which is what they're meant to be. (laughs) Just human life, (laughs) especially in Hollywood, which is such a toxic place, what it does to people, basically. I don't know. I think it's all the characters are very nuanced and super well-written. It's amazing.
0: I think it's funny how the most human character is a horse. (laughs) like in tv i guess right now and then how i just one of the reasons i love this show is because they have gags like um henry henry fondle which is a sex robot and that would only work in a cookie tv show you know but it, it wouldn't even be that great it would only really work in a cartoon but we have that and then the juxtaposition is bojack going to rehab BoJack relapsing, BoJack um having the death of his mother and how he reacts and so I don't know it's just it's such an interesting cartoon because it's still a cartoon sometimes it does have like the Flintstones like humor very saturated you know but most of the time it's anchored in this reality that is like um it's like a mirror to ours basically but they have anthropomorphic animals and birds can fly here. And like, I mean, they're, they look like people. Well, they don't look like people they are anthropomorphic, but like paparazzis are mostly birds, you know, because they can fly everywhere. (laughs) Um, And yeah, they just, I don't know. It's just such an interesting show. I I was telling you that this reminds me of um, Mad Men. And I think if Bojack was gonna be translated into a TV show without without the animals, it would have been bad, Mad Men because just I don't a know. In the animal world? <laughs> and I don't know. If, <laughs> I guess maybe it would be a weird crossover between people who have seen Bojack and Mad Men, you know. But if you've seen both of them, the intro is pretty similar as well. Is the character falling uh, through his own vices or just because um? I don't know. It's falling, drowning, whatever. And then at the end, they're okay. Um, even the intro is similar. And the characters are similar too. I see a lot of Don Draper and BoJack and a lot of um, Peggy and Diane. and mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, do you want to... One of my favorite episodes this season was the um, funeral one where... Free churro. <laughs> yeah, the free churro. Yeah. Uh, that was one of my favorite ones because... I was like 10 minutes in and I was like, wait, is this going to be the whole episode? The camera is just on him the whole episode. And just so I wouldn't spoil it for me, like I didn't use the Netflix like previews when you fast forward, you know? Um, And then I got really into it. And then at 24, it ended and I wanted more. I wanted more of that. But what? it's a monologue of, of BoJack. Nobody responds. It's just a monologue of him. And the writing is so brilliant. And for people to try and do this for 24 minutes, like, wow. Jesus, what a great show.
1: (laughs) So I read a little bit about, I read like an article or a response to that um, because the cold open is also a monologue, but it's his dad. It's still Will Arnett who does the voice, but it's the dad talking to BoJack when he's a kid, picking him up from soccer practice. And then... The rest of the episode after the intro sequence is Bojack giving the eulogy at his mother's funeral. And then, spoiler alert, it's not actually his mother's funeral. He's in a room full of lizards or something. And that's, like, the big joke at the end of, oh, is this the wrong (laughs) funeral (laughs) parlor? (laughs) But, yeah, I think it's really cool to see they show you the dad talking at him never letting him interject, never waiting for him to talk. It's just the father's monologue. And all he wants to do is be like the Beats, basically. But he thinks that they're below even him. And so he's trying to live this Kerouac lifestyle. But he has this family that's kind of nuclear. And he's just rebelling against his own vices. But we get to see where Bojack's insecurities come from, basically. And then the product of that in the eulogy. And so he's talking back at his mom because this is kind of the only opportunity he's ever had. Was that good enough for you, mom? No. He's constantly like, I never knew how to please her and I couldn't even do her funeral right, which he doesn't. (laughs) But at the same time, he still kind of idealizes her he talks about when, she's, um, when they did the, the performances or like the dinners in the parlor. And he talks about the moment where his mom would dance, her special dance at the end, and his dad would look over and he was like, it was a perfect moment of clarity or something. And we all understood each other. And I was just, it's tragic, honestly. <laughs> the ways that oh, they influenced each other, just wow. Real depression hours.
0: (laughs) That episode is my favorite episode because um, I didn't have the best, like, family life. My mom is awesome and my dad is pretty cool. But together, we were in the best... Well, they were in the best fit. I was a little kid, so... Anyways, they were in the best fit, so... When he says, like, we all looked at each other and we all knew we were drowning. But we were at least drowning together like that reminds me so much and it sounds kind of sad but I just it's such a weird thing to see a show and and then it reminds you of your life and then you're like wow like are they talking about me you know like of course they aren't but it's like it's it's reassuring that somebody has gone through um similar things that that you have been gone through. And then for the show to just be so smart and have, like, a re- redemption at the end, telling you, like, yay, hey, everything's going to be okay, even if it's hard. That's what I take from the show. That's why I love the show. Honestly, it puts me in a very bad place. Uh, thankfully, this season finale wasn't so bad. Um, I think season two was the best, the best and worst finale for me because that's where Sarah Lynn dies, right? Yeah. Yeah, that put me over the edge. I was like almost crying. Uh, season three, what was season three? Was it the mom? The mom is season
1: four. Yeah,
0: the mom is season four. So what's season three? I don't remember season. season well, three might be Sarah season. Yeah, season three, Sarah Lynn. Maybe season two season is Herb.
1: Two, no, season two is um Herb, the girl,
0: Charlotte's daughter. Oh yeah, yeah. So that one, that one is harsh too. So when I, you watched the season first, before me, and I asked you, is this season lighter? And I feel, (laughs) and I feel even though it's dark, it's a dark show. It's
1: the darkest he, as a character, has ever gone. The most (laughs) destructive he's ever
0: been. Yeah. So I think, I think you're right that he, because he did assault somebody, but... I don't think any anything is gonna be as dark as Sarah Lynn, to be honest. Because and even Diane references here, like that moment, they're pissed at each other. They both have their own shit, and uh, Boja hasn't come clean to her um, about the New Mexico thing, and. I love when they're smiling. They're taking somebody's taking a photo, so they're like yeah. smiling. And they're talking through their through their, uh, through their teeth, and he's like, "I don't know why you feel entitled to knowing everything about my life." And then she responds with something like, "I'm your friend," and I just I don't know. I don't know what she responds, but basically they're mad. She lashes out, she, tells, she says about Sarah Lynn, Bojack gets really pissed off, of course, but yeah, that Sarah Lynn finale, that's when I was like, that was the first time when I was like, this show is brilliant, but yeah, that moment was super depressing.
1: <laughs> well, it's the part where Bojack's making himself out to be the victim in the oh. situation, and she, her response is she's so furious. She's like, please tell me how you're the victim of Sarah Lynn's situation where she was sober and you got her re-addicted and then she overdosed. Remind me how you're the victim <laughs> when you're alive and you have a girlfriend and a job and all this stuff. Yeah, it's just, I think the writers have a really good understanding of how to get inside a psyche And the ways that people justify their actions and their emotions, it's... They're very insightful. While still being able to portray comedy and drama and tragedy, all of it wrapped up in one.
0: (laughs) Um, Another favorite episode of mine of this season was when um, Bojack becomes a feminist icon. And... <laughs> One moment he's like What do you think of a shirt that says uh feminism is bay? People will love that, right? And then on the he next
1: specifically said girls love that shit, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then on the next scene, like he has the sh- the shirt and instead of bay, like B A E, like it says bay, like if you're like on the ocean, it's the bay. <laughs> so <laughs> So that's another like um Favorite episode of mine, especially when he goes on the news and he basically just says like a lot of feminist, like, um, like words and phrases, and they're kind of like uh, common, you know. And he also copied them from Diane, but he gets applauded just because he's a man again, like critic, criti- um, it's a criticism of our times and our society, so but through a, like a funny lens, I guess, through a parody, maybe, mm. so yeah.
1: Well, and in this episode, there's also foreshadowing to the 11th episode where he's on the talk show and he's saying all this basic, like the bar is on the ground and he's like, well, I don't think, you know, we should hurt women and everyone applauds him. Yeah. And then he starts, he says a couple other things and he starts saying, let's not choke women. And everyone's chanting, let's not choke women and that kind of thing. And lo and behold, what happens chokes her so i didn't notice that until the second time i watched it (laughs) but (laughs) um yeah how many more times can i say it's good writing
0: (laughs) another thing that i don't think we touched upon we touched upon the we talked about the the theme and the whole thing but we haven't talked about the specific phrase gina during the interview, goes to Bojack and says, "If there was any justice in the world, you would you would be in jail right now, but there isn't, or yeah, I think she says there isn't. So you're not. So just do, let's do this and get out and move on from our lives. I thought that was really interesting and powerful, because like it's true, you know, all all these men have done, like wow, yeah." Oh, wow. It sounds very basic, but I mean like just I don't know. We don't help, we don't hold people accountable. And
1: Well, so the the sort of juxtaposition of this is with Henry Fondle, which is the sex machine that Todd creates so that he can date his friend Emily, but because he's asexual and she's not, they can date and then he has this creature or this robot that she can have sex with and still be in a relationship with him. And of course, through Todd hijinks, this robot becomes the CEO of the company. What time is it right now? Which is running the streaming show. And so I think it's, it's so brilliant. So he records all the phrases that are supposed to be sexy, which coming from Todd is hilarious. Um, And then that's just what gets repeated in every episode are just the phrases that have been pre-recorded that, of course, happen to coincide with whatever the conversation is. And in the the last episode, I think, um, there's a woman who goes into the office of this robot and because it doesn't say anything other than sexy words, she's able to take it. Take the robot down, even though it's, I mean, it's akin very much to what was his name? Vincent Businessman? Adultman, Vincent Adultman in season two, who uh, Princess Carolyn dates, and it's just three kids in a trench coat. And Bo Jack's the only one who recognizes that it's a robot or that it, he's uh, three kids. Everyone else sees him as an adult. In this case, Todd's the only one who recognizes that it's a robot. Everyone else sees him as a CEO. And so because he, sexually harasses the woman, he gets held accountable and he um, gets fired basically. But then there's two very good moments. So there's a spokesperson who says, okay, Henry Fondel's take been taken down. And as a result, women are safe here, but here's all the ones that are going to lose their jobs because we're going to cancel all streaming. And that I think was very poignant because that's the unseen Result of a lot of this is the people who lose their jobs during a takedown or whatever it might be and you know the sort of unseen victims but also what I cracked up at both times I saw it was when he's on the street cleaning out his office with Todd and a guy pulls up in a limo and he's like how would you like to be the new guy with Disney, Viacom, Fox, all these companies. I was just like, please, the call-outs. We can't take it. I
0: also love that scene because um, he's just throwing money at the floor and burning it because he has so much money. He doesn't even care. It's just it's, And he's, like, wiping his sweat off with dollar bills. And, yeah, that scene was great. And then Harry Fondle gets uh, put out by Todd with the taser. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Mr. Peanut Butter' uh, parents died. Do you want to talk well, about okay. that? <laughs>
1: we can do a little bit about Mr. Peanut Butter. Um, do you want to do the Halloween episode, or do you want to focus on his parents first? Parents and Halloween. Well, so the episode after Bojack's monologue, he comes back to set. And he's like, okay, nobody treat me any different because my mom's dead. Just treat me different because I'm a celebrity. (laughs) When really all he wants is, like, sympathy for his mom, but he can't even say that out loud or acknowledge it to himself. And Mr. Peanut Butter, (laughs) who's so lovably oblivious, um, (laughs) he uh, recognizes or he he starts talking about his parents. I've never lost anyone important to me, but... My parents, when they get sick, they just go out to this farm where there's no phones so they can run around. (laughs) And then he realizes that his mom and then a couple minutes later, his dad are both dead. And he has this... He plays the total opposite of BoJack because he's charismatic and an extrovert where BoJack is the opposite. And so he talks to everyone on the crew. Please... I want to hear stories about your mothers and your fathers and the people you've lost so that we can all share this moment together. <laughs> it's just so, so typical, Mr. Peanut Butter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's what I'm saying. Look, that, that's just like Flintstones, like humor. Obviously, like nobody went to a farm in The Flintstones, you know, and people realized their parents were dead. But it's just like exaggerated, over the time. This would never happen to anybody. But
1: well, but it's the story that we tell.
0: I know, yeah, I know. I I've heard that story. Oh, my I
1: go to the farm to go run around.
0: <laughs> um, I had a turtle once who, and I live, I live in a like a five story apartment. So I had a turtle once who went out of his fishbowl, according to my parents, went out of his fishbowl, okay, got out of the door <laughs> to the outside, I don't know how, and just escaped the house. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a story both my mom and my dad came with. I want to understand if it's just one person and, and like that one person would be like, is this, is this believable? Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it is but two people planning a story and none of them go you know what this sounds a lot like bullshit (laughs) i think my mom or my dad confessed like he did get out of the fishbowl and he stepped on it (laughs) by accident because he didn't know there was a turtle in the house like (laughs) like on the floor you know um but yeah for years for like 10 years this happened when I was eight and they didn't confess until I was like 20. And yeah, apparently he opened the door and went outside. And yeah, what a story.
1: <laughs>
0: Just like Mr. Peanut Butter. Just like Mr. Peanut Butter. <laughs> and I think when they told me, I was like, is he on a farm? <laughs> but yeah, Mr. Peanut Butter, both parents died and then.
1: Well, and it's not like they died this season.
0: (laughs) No, they didn't die this season. He just, he figured it out this season. He's just
1: dumb.
0: (laughs) But let's talk about Pickles because... um, I know
1: you have very strong opinions about her.
0: Yes. So I don't like Pickles. I like what she...
1: Who is she? Can you give a quick explanation? Yeah, so
0: Pickles is like a bimbo, basically. But
1: what's her character? She's
0: his new girlfriend. Oh yeah, yeah. So Pickles is the Mr. Peanut Butter's new girlfriend. Uh she's very young. She's like 20 mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Peanut Butter is like what thirty-five? Thirty? I think honestly 40? I think more like forties. Yeah. Yeah. At yeah. Least. yeah. So Because
1: Bojack's in his fifties. Yeah, okay.
0: Okay, so Mr. Peanut Butter, new girlfriend, she's super young. They're both having fun. It's really fun at the beginning. Every yeah, they're having a great time. But uh, he then realizes that, you know what, like, maybe this is not not the, the best uh, relationship to be in because she's, like, half my age, you know. And I do hate Pickles <laughs> because she's one of the most annoying characters in the show. And I just like the show so much that I want every part to be just, like, interesting, you know, and smartly written. Um, And I know that's a lot of, like, demanding. And Pickles is that, but she's just, like, she's just, like, a bimbo. So, I just don't like her as a character, but I like what she does to Mr. Peanut Butter. Because P- Mr. Peanut Butter growth has been stagnant the whole series, aside from last season when he got married and divorced. And then now, when he's realizing a pattern within himself that he's repeating every time. Because... At this point, he now has three failed marriages. Um, And he proposed to Pickles, so is he going to have a fourth one? Who knows? But I like what what Pickles does to Mr. Peanut Butter, but I don't like Pickles just by herself.
1: (laughs) See, I don't know that he's reckoned with it because though he was going to break up with her and instead spontaneously proposes through the whole Halloween episode wherein we follow him and each of his ex-wives and current girlfriend through the decades old Halloween party held at Bojack's house. We see his stagnation in, in its creation basically. I mean, he it does not ever change. And so it takes for like the last five minutes for Diane to say, Hey, maybe you should look at yourself and like, what's the common denominator in all these failed relationships? It's you. But even with that, he doesn't break. He doesn't want to break up with Pickles because of himself. He wants to break up with her because he's still in love with Diane. He doesn't. It's not because he wants to change something in himself. It's because he wants to be with someone else. So I don't think that he's changed as much as. You're maybe thinking he has because I mean, at the same time in this episode, we're watching Mr. Peanut butter be the same as he always has been and probably always will be. Meanwhile, the sort of the, in the background, we're watching Bojack go decade by decade, almost starting from the very beginning where he's like, Oh, one drink can't hurt all the way until our modern season where he's just popping pills in every scene, basically. So I think it's pretty interesting to see that dichotomy of Bojack going downhill and Mr. Peanut butter staying the same when they've had very similar um, stories almost, but they adapt to it differently. I don't know. Just very, very interesting.
0: They remind me of Batman and the Joker. (laughs) basically it's just like it's the same coin but just different sides but we do have to end the show because it's one hour but i don't want to end the show before talking about diane because diane is one of my favorite characters and i feel like she had an interesting arc and this season did end with her so so i guess starting with the divorce she's super sad she goes to vietnam she writes a list. The list is the whole episode, and it's top ten reasons or top nine reasons to go to Vietnam. And she's giving this, like, girl crush version of it, but we see the reality of it, and um, it's just plain horrible. <laughs> uh, she doesn't find... She says she doesn't find herself. She... I don't think she... Well, she barely enjoyed the trip. She cooks up with an American, and the American is, like, all into her because... Uh, he thought that she was from Vietnam, and then she speaks English, and he gets like so disappointed for a reason. And she calls him out on it, um, and then she insults his job, going like, "I know what a what a head key grip does, or something like that. It's not that important." <laughs> uh, she comes home, she sleeps with uh, Mr. Peanut Butter, I think twice. Yeah, yeah, one, one. Sh- uh, when, after the party, after one party, and then the other, they have like mad sex, um, the <laughs> and then Mr. Peanut Butter still loves her, so he and he gets confused, and he's like, "We're we're coming back together," and she's like, "No, we're not." Um, and then she tries to be a good friend to BoJack the whole season. Um, she stops going to therapy f- after seven years. Um, and then the season ends with her. Yeah.
1: I think she is going to leave. I think she's going to leave LA because in the last episode, they kind of flash on her and she's breaking down her couch and she never really moved into her apartment anyway. So I think she drops Bojack off at rehab and then she's out of LA because she, there's no point for her to be there anymore. She's always been a writer. And so she wrote books. She ghost wrote. She wrote on TV. She wrote for basically BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. She did all these things that you can do in Hollywood. Yeah, she went and she was a journalist for what is it? Sebastian Sinclair. Yeah. And so she's done all these things, but she's jaded. And there's no, I think, at least from her perspective, there's nothing else she can do there and be happy with it because everything has soured her to the city, to the industry. So I I don't think she's going to stay. She'll probably come back to LA because all these, I mean, that's, they talk about that even like the TV show. Everyone has to stay unhappy in order for it to continue. (laughs) But I don't think she's staying in LA after this finale.
0: I agree with you. I, I was actually thinking that she was going to drive and then she was going to drive away. Maybe come back after BoJack is done for rehab, you know. But like you said, all these people on the show, aside from Todd, need Hollywood in some way or another. So Princess Carolyn is a producer um, and an agent. So, of course, she needs to be in Hollywood. She gets a kid, so that's gonna complicate things. I don't know if she's coming back. Um, she will. You think so? Yes. Yeah. Well, God she means too much to her. Yeah, but. <laughs> if anything, I would I would almost say is the kid gonna stay, but she can't just like return it. You know. So I don't know if the mic picked up that, but yeah. Hopefully she won't give up. <laughs> she won't give away the kid. <laughs> Um, so Princess Caroline needs Hollywood. Mr. Peanut Butter needs Hollywood. Bojack needs Hollywood. Um, all the whole TV show like needs Hollywood. Aside from Diane, because yes. Diane.
1: Did you mean Hollywood?
0: Oh yeah, Hollywood. Sorry about that. But Diane is a writer, so she can write from anywhere. She doesn't really need LA. So I do agree, and I do think that's gonna happen. She's gonna leave LA. She tried it. She didn't like it. She was successful at it. She ran a TV show. She wrote a book. She went, uh she wrote to Buzzfeed. In any other like perspective, that would be a huge accomplishment, especially at she's like twenty seven, twenty eight, you know, yeah, around there. So that's a huge accomplishment. But she doesn't like the atmosphere, the environment. So, anyways, that was the Do you want to finish the show, Olivia? Um. Thanks for
1: tuning in. Please watch BoJack because it's so underrated. (laughs) Even though if you've gotten to this point, certainly you've already seen it. (laughs) Or at least now it's been spoiled for you. Um, But thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. And I'm not going to say what Sebastian wants me to. Feels like plagiarism. Thanks. Bye.